With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the same old Arsenal team talk. I am back um, after having a couple of weeks off. Um, I'm your host, Dan Potts, for this evening, and I am joined by Russell Hogg, Guna Russ 11 on Twitter. Russ, how you doing, mate? Good evening, Dan. Hope you're, hope you're all well. I know you've had a bit of a tough time of it, but uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, looking forward to doing this. Yeah, yeah, I am as well, and uh, I've had a bit and of a break. And, um, and evening, to, to, evening to you, Nigel, as well. Evening to Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evening to Nigel and everyone in the chat. Um, thanks for joining us already. Um, Russ, we're going to get down to it. We're going to talk a little bit about the ownership and a little bit about what's been going on in the circumstances of world of football and English football um, a little bit later on. But let's keep it to Arsenal for now and how things have been. Um, I think it's clear for everybody that watches our podcast, my thoughts on the manager. Um, I've never been a fan. Um, I asked questions towards very, very early on in the start of this season, around sort of September, October. By the end of October, I kind of had enough. And November, I was completely and utterly done. And that was when we were losing to the Villas and Burnleys and Wolves at home. And I just thought this manager is not cut out to it. And then it got to Christmas and the youngsters were kind of forced in due to injuries. And then we managed to get a couple of wins together and everybody started to become a little bit more positive and started to see a style of play, which I was still a bit confused about. And then results <laughs> have been <laughs> results have been so inconsistent since then. It's been very, very hard to get behind the philosophy or the tactics or the team selection or the substitution or the bizarre stuff we've been seeing with this manager, in my opinion. A lot of people have started to see positives and they've said that if the league would have kicked off on Christmas Day, we'd be third. Well, let me tell you, the league never does kick off on Christmas Day and it will not kick off on Christmas Day last season. So I can understand the results have been a little a little bit better between that period, but I'm still not seeing enough progress. We got kicked out of the Europa League as well as both of the domestic trophies early due to squad rotation from the manager. And I need to ask you, Russ, because everybody knows my opinion. What do you make of this season take Kroenke out of it, take the board out of it. Arsenal Football Club, in terms of their players and their manager, what are you making of Mikel Arteta? Well, he had he had a little bit of um, love in the bank because of the uh, the cup final, obviously, winning the cup last year. But the love in the bank's been spent, I think. Um, the style of play is very boring. That is to do, in fairness to Arteta, with the um, the quality of the playing staff. The, the quality of the playing staff, as, as I've alluded to before on your programmes, is probably one of the poorest I've seen in all my time, 47 years of following this club. And I follow the club, by the way. I don't follow the team. I follow the club. The team comes and goes. Playing staff come and go. I don't hero worship any of these players uh, like I used to hero worship 
all the ones that we used to hear I worship. We all know the names. I won't go through the whole lot of them. There's players playing for this club who are mediocre at best. And when, when I said before Christmas that we were in a relegation fight, people laughed at me, um, called me an idiot, said I didn't know what I was talking about. But we were only a few games away from being down in the bottom five. Yeah. And uh, so the playing staff wasn't good enough. And it got turned around because we've got three, four little gems in the team. So we've got, we've got the semblance of a team when we play those kids. But without those kids playing, and they have dips in form as well, which is understandable, they're only young. But, but when they're not playing, it sticks out like a sore thumb. The, the speed of the game is so slow. The intensity, the, the, the slow starts, all this stuff that we've been talking about for probably, what, since five years from the end of Wenger, it's, it's still in some of these players. They can't get their head round to go and get out of team from the start and, and force the issue. They can't. Um, so the playing staff is awful. Some people say that we should be in third or fourth position with this playing, playing staff if we had a decent manager, where it's a bit of a... I don't know about that so much. I think maybe six, maybe six with his squad of players. We've got strikers who have let us down over the over the piece, mm. haven't put away their chances. We've had defenders through their, through their own stupidity and sometimes through the method, uh, the playing out from the back um, thing. Which was we were doing under Emery as well, by the way. We were doing that and getting caught out quite a lot under Emery. So this seems to be a new fashion in the game. <laughs> you watch, you watch Hartley Paul play against Sutton United. And they're playing out for the for the back. What is it? Why? Why? I don't understand that this is the only way you can play football now. What happened to that good old ball down the inside channel with someone belting onto it and sticking the ball in a mixer? It, it, Manchester City do do that. They mix up their game. They don't just do the same thing repetitively. They will change things during a game. But that's the quality of the, that's the, quality of the, uh, the playing staff they've got there. They've got players who can ping the ball left to right, right to left. And they've got players who get in the box, no matter how tired they are, they're getting in the box all game from way back deep. They're still getting in the box. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's, perhaps I'm rounding on a bit. I don't know. Arteta gets the blame, um, rightly so, for some of the negativity, some of the negative performances, especially at home when we've played with two old midfielders against sides we shouldn't we should be needing to do that. We're not having to screen the back four when we're playing Burnley and even Leicester to an extent because they're not as ambitious as they are when they're at home. Saying that, in mitigation, um, Away, away form has been brilliant for nearly every team in the league. I've never known anything like it. There's been there's been teams that couldn't win a game away from home, winning six or seven, you know, which would be like a miracle for some teams in this league. I mean, West Ham, how many away games have West Ham won? They've won quite a lot compared to what they normally do. I may be wrong there, but it's what it appears to me. And uh, we have been awful away from home in previous years. And the last three years under Wenger, not even winning, what, four or five games away from home? And I think we've probably doubled that this year. Mm. So uh, there's, there's that to add to the equation as well, that, that uh, when we've played at home, we've been too, too, too careful, too cautious, and we've always had that mistake in us. It's cost us the points, like the Burnley, the own goal from Aubameyang, uh, the game at Fulham, with Fulham when we've completely cocked up and got out of jail. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a bit of a mishmash of the season, really. And some of the players haven't really helped themselves. Some of these players have been playing for their places in the squad for next year. And to be honest, they have failed miserably. Some of them have. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And I agree with everything you said. The only point I'll pull you up on and, and say that I half disagree is the actual fact that we could do a lot better with this uh, squad of players with a better manager. And <clears throat> I know you were unsure on that. You said probably top six. I actually think that the playing squad is not as bad in terms of a first team and a first 11. Can, I, hold, can, I, can I just say one thing there? That Emery 
had how many players have we bought since Emery's gone? Two, Party and Tierney, I think, maybe. And he left because he, he failed in the, in, to get us into Europe and he, we came sixth or seventh, didn't we, that year? And when, when, when we came to the end of it. I don't know. It's I don't think these players are good enough. Then I just I just think there's too much. I think the major problem when I watch Arsenal playing is the speed from defence to attack. When we used to have Santi Casola, it was quick. That transition from defence to midfield to, to the front players was rapid. It was it was a couple of seconds. It's taken us ten or fifteen seconds now to get up the pitch. Sixteen passes. Horseshoe football because the players are too slow. They can't beat a player. Odegaard can beat a player. He's got a little turn of speed. I think he's been carrying a bit of a knock, but he's not a player, is he? So um, no. And let's I be think honest, that's a massive. That's a massive. That is a massive problem. Is, is the speed of our midfield? It is so slow. It is, it is. so slow. It is. We've actually bought Thomas Party and uh, looked worse in midfield. I mean, I don't know what's happened with him. And I can only put that down to the coach because you don't come to Arsenal and all of a sudden you're, you're a man with frimpong, do you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you do have an, an amazing amount of ability in Thomas Party there. You've got a great signing, I believe, in Gabriel that I think he's mismanaged. And I think, you know, you say that we've only signed a couple of players since Emery. You'd be surprised, Russ. We've actually signed about eight players since Emery's gone. Um, they're all yeah. our set of signings. Some of them have not worked out. It's probably half and half. You know, I'd say some of them have worked out. Obviously, Kieran Tierney was actually Emery's signing, um, but he was injured for most of yeah. it. He's so you've, got, you've got a better memory than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, I look at it now and I think he signed Runnison, which was a letdown. Ryan, who's been an OK backup goalkeeper as far as I'm concerned. He's brought in Cedric and Pablo Marie as well as Gabriel. He's brought in Danny Ceballos on loan to, for another season. Willie Ann on a free transfer, which hasn't really worked out for me, and Martin Erdegaard. So that's eight players that he's brought in. But also what he's done in that time is continued to play, for whatever reason, the likes of Bellerin, Granit Xhaka, Rob Holding, Lacazette, um, Pepe at times, who I actually don't mind, um, Aubameyang, who he obviously has given a new contract to. Um, so those sort of players there, people say it's the players, it's the players. But this manager is either picking these players, selecting them ahead of some of the youth, like the Martinelli's, who can't get a game for whatever reason. But if it is the players, then do they hate the players that Arteta's picking? Because against Villarreal, that was an Arteta squad, um, an Arteta side. You are right about all those signings, by the way. But obviously, you're right. But what I meant was players that play regularly in the first team that have made a massive difference. That, that's the sort of transfers I'm talking about. Parties mm. obviously come in and he's been asked to do too much, in my opinion. He's, he's been played on his own in the middle in, in two, oh, two games. Awful. And, awful. And, and he was trying to... Um, we're screaming at the television, get rid of it, get rid of it. But he's got no one to get rid of it to because he's crowded in and there's nowhere for him to go and he's losing the ball left, right and centre. And I actually felt sorry for the bloke at one second. I thought, he's just, he's just completely out of his depth here with what he's been asked to do. It was ridiculous. Oh, was, dear. To be asked to sit in a midfield against Villarreal on your own, I just couldn't understand the tactics nah, there. And nah. It's not just that game, Russ. I was amazed by that game with the false nine in the first leg and Chaka at left back. And Obviously, in the second leg, Chaka got injured, but he would have played left back because Tierney replaced him like for like. There was no real understanding of why Elneny wasn't in the middle with Thomas Party to at least give him a little bit of a hand and act as a midfielder that was unfortunately the only option that we had. He didn't want to do that. And I didn't really understand where Erdegaard and Smith Rowe were playing. They were like two eights, then two tens. Then they were playing yeah. in a six at one stage. Really confusing, think, weren't it? I don't think that works, playing the both of them together. I think they're just getting each other's way. I'd stuck yeah, in that works. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you. Yeah. Well, we did beat Chelsea and a lot of people are getting excited because we've beaten West Brom and Chelsea now and the manager's turned the corner and all this nonsense. But what did you make of the last two performances? Does it frustrate you, Russ? Because it does me that we can't put a performance against Villarreal when it matters, but we can against West Brom and Chelsea when it doesn't make any difference. And people can still say we're going for Europe in the, the, the league and all this sort of stuff. But really, the Villarreal two legs were so important for our season. And we didn't turn up in them ones, but we did for the ones where the pressure's off. Do you know what I mean? The, the game was lost in the first leg. The game was lost in, in the first 20 minutes because... We didn't go after them 
like we know we should do. I don't understand why. What, what, I think the I think the weight of the shirt is too heavy for a lot of the players, and I think yeah, the tactics may may not be right. And if that's right, one of the blokes in the comments here has just said that um, the players are not getting what he's telling them, and they're not capable of. Um, uh, implementing his plans. Um, if that is the case, then obviously his position is untenable because <laughs> that ain't, that's a recipe for disaster. That's only going to go one way, isn't it? If the players have, have just not feeling it and not doing it. Um, what did you, just turning it back to you, Dan, what did you make of the interview that Arteta did last night? Because it, that was a, a strange reaction, wasn't it? I thought it was a reasonable question. All right, they might have took it a little bit out of context or asked the, or asked the second question about face or whatever. But I thought his reaction was quite it's interesting. It's interesting, Russ, because this is something I've been bringing up all season. I think he's absolutely awful at interviews. And people say they love his press conferences. I think he's a journalist's dream. And it just proved again, because he did say exactly what the journalist said. He said, can you get the best out of these players, the majority of them? And then they say, so you can't get the best out of all of them. And he goes, I didn't say that. Well, yes, you did. And you've realised you messed up. And he actually actually reinforced it. He went, yeah. He went, yeah, I I mean that. And then when it came to the aftermatch interview, he lost his shit completely. Which I didn't understand. No, I didn't he get that. He did say it. He did say yeah. it. The journalist pulled him up. I think, I, I think, think he realised he messed up and he tried to up. say that he yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. And that's, again, naivety and novice management. He, he hasn't done this before. This is all new to him. He's going to make mistakes. But that was a silly comment to make because I'm fed up with his excuses all the time. There's every excuse under the sun I've heard from the fans and from Mikel Arteta, from I've had COVID to we've all not had a pre-season to the fans aren't here. This is the same for all 20 clubs, by the way, not just Arsenal Football Club. But I've heard these mistakes. Oh, he's not had the players fit enough this season. We've had silly red cards. VAR's not gone our way. Listen, all of those factors contribute 100%, but you can't sit there and start blaming everybody but the players on the pitch and the Mikel Arteta and the Arsenal fan base, it seems, want to do that. So it brings me a nice segue into the fan base. We'll come on to the, the ownership in a little while because I know that's what we are both passionate about. Talk, talking about the Chelsea game, um, go on, Chelsea, go on. Chelsea, Chelsea are very much like we were. They're a, a, a reasonable passing team. But they've always got a fuck-up in them at the back. Yeah, and we saw that, what, yeah. And what, and what, what happened at the weekend, sorry, the other day, but the weekend, the other day was typical of a team having all the possession and getting done on the counter-attack. It's been, it, this season has been one of the best examples of that of that methodology working, which is why the league has concertinaed to such a degree where it's, there's not a lot between you know, where we are at the bottom and where we are to the top. It's, it's a strange... Well, you, said, you said off air, didn't you, before we went on, you said that, that sort of game that we beat Chelsea in, that's happened to us for, what, 10 years? Hundred times, that's happened to us a yeah. hundred times. Naive, na- the naivety of trying to be too clever. Sometimes, when you when you're under pressure, you have got to be a little bit agricultural, as we used to say. You just got to lump the ball forward and just. And I hope you've got a bit of physical presence to to win the ball. Now, otherwise, it comes straight back again. I understand that. Yeah, I no. think we. I think we need that. I think when we go to recruitment, we don't want no more technical, shy, fucking lovely. I love Arsenal players. I, I've supported this team since I was a boy coming here. I want a fucking great big lump up front who can put himself about. It might not be the most technical. Why not score 20, 30 goals? He'll get 15 and he'll help the team by the way he holds the ball up. And I think it's the first team that does that properly will probably win the league because it will completely fuck that tactic of possession football out the window. <laughs> it will completely yeah. fuck it. So, Russ, do you do you trust, before we go on to the ownership, do you trust Mikel Arteta with funds to improve this squad in the summer? No. No. Why is that? From what I've seen already. Mm. Because I, seen... I'm, with, I'm with you and I'm of the opinion that it doesn't matter whether we sign Haaland and Mbappe or Messi or Ronaldo. I don't think the coach is good enough to utilise the actual... Which, which we are not, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> which, so, which we are not. When you look at the players that we are are linked with, 
I don't like rumours, if I'm honest. I only believe them when I see them in the shirt. However, some of the positions that we're linked with, or players that we're linked with, sorry, cover the positions that we need, i.e. a backup goalkeeper, a right-back, a left-back, a centre-back, a defensive midfielder, a centre midfielder, an attacking midfielder, and a centre-forward. So those eight positions, I don't believe we're all going to sign in one window. However, we, can't get, we, can't, it, we, we can't get two fucking deals done in one window. How are we going to do eight, nine, both ways? We're not going to do it. It's, so it's where the... this leads me to my question: What do we see happening? Um, if you you know, I don't want to go on to Cronky, but obviously it's linked with that. But what do you see happening in the summer? Is it going to be like you know, Edu and Arteta getting it right in the recruitment again, or is it going to be a, a case of just underwhelming? I think I think there'll be a lot of noise because season ticket renewal times coming up. There'll be a lot of noise. There'll be a lot of this nonsense that you're hearing about certain players coming. And I think you'll be disappointed. I think there might be a couple of young ones coming um, from Brazil because that's what Edo seems to, that's the way he seems to roll. Um, I'm hearing, I was just seeing in the chat about this fella, Sander Berg. Mm. Um, um, where, where's he played then? I don't, I've, I've not really he's, watched um, a lot of him. He's um, the cheers for the love in the chat, by the way. Much appreciated. Uh, Sander Berg is Sheffield United centre midfielder from Norway, who's six foot five, um, kind of a box to box, good in transition from what I'm being told. I've not actually seen him the last couple of years in Sheffield United, so he's not been a standout. But him and Basuma are being linked as the two centre midfielders that we're going with. Yeah, There's Basuma also... is a no brainer. Basuma is a no brainer. He's one of those players that's always played well against us. Man United and Liverpool in the past, when they had a player could outplay them in the, on the pitch, you go, you went and bought them. Because you took mm. A, you took the player out of the team that's a competitor, and B, you strengthened your top your side. Mm. It's, it's a no-brainer. When you have players that completely boss you like that, like he has done in, on a couple of occasions, mm. yeah, it's a no-brainer. He's a quality football. Well, it, it, if we go if we go through the, the just quickly before we move on, if we go through what I'm hearing and this and his rumours, yeah. But I actually think the players will be upgrades on what we've got. But will it be enough to take us where we want? I don't know. So we'll go through it quickly. We're obviously linked with Matt Ryan and signing him as a backup goalkeeper for, to Leno. The rumours the other day was that Leno was going to leave. Um, apparently, that's not true. He has come out and said he's happy at Arsenal. So whether he leaves or not, we, we don't know. But he's not heavily linked with a move away. So Leno and Matt Ryan could be our goalkeepers. In terms of a right back, it's very, very likely that Bellerin will be leaving, which I believe is a good thing. I have yeah. seen rumours of Emerson from uh, Real Betis, who is co-owned by Barcelona for about twelve million. He's got the Brazilian link from Edu, and I believe would probably be an upgrade on Bellerin because, in my opinion, that isn't hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Cedric will obviously be um, a, a a backup. I imagine Ryan Bertrand is heavily linked with Arsenal. He's confirmed he's leaving Southampton, and he will be back up to Kieran Tierney. That would be an okay signing for me. I know he's 32, and I don't like signings of that age normally. However, he is on form. He's a good player. He's been around for the Premier League for years, and I think that you know it's a player that would be good cover for Kieran Tierney better so that, than Kalasinac. So if so if if Bellerin left, that would leave leave us with Cedric and Chambers. If 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 Chambers is kept, we don't know, yeah. do we? Well, I would do. And obviously, we don't know. I know I was going to come on to the centre defenders because obviously we've heard today David Luiz is leaving, which I'm OK with. A lot of people are saying he's been our best defender and that he's a leader and that he's been a good player for Arsenal. I think we need to move on from David Luiz. It's all irrelevant, Dan. It's all irrelevant because that injury, he's had another injury. That's time to say no. We can't can't afford to carry any any more players. We can't. I agree. And that, you know, David Luiz going, Gabriel and Pablo Maria are the only two defenders I actually like at the club. I'm happy to give William Saliba a go next season. I think he has to play. David Luiz leaving, holding never been a fan of. Chambers never really made it at Arsenal. And Mavropanos has been doing well on loan. I just can't see him making it in a, in a shirt, if I'm honest. I think we need another centre-back. Um, it's yeah. interesting to see us play Gabriel and Pablo Marie together because I've always wanted to see that, but he played them in a back three not together in a back four. And I think he wants to play a back four. Um, so I would look at another centre-back person. He's a partner, Gabriel, unless you're going to play Saliba. In midfield, that's our weakest position, uh, Russ. That's the weakest yeah. area of the squad. It always, I mean, it always used to be our strongest, didn't we? But our, our, after that stupid transfer window in 2015, we've gradually sold all our crown jewels and we've got fuck all left. But yeah. you, when you look back, we had... 
maybe a little bit longer than that. Riziki, Casola, uh, Oxlade, Chamberlain. They was all quick players, weren't they? They was all quick. Yeah, yeah we had we had at one stage we had Fabregas, uh, Ramsey, Wilshere, Casola all together in the in the midfield. Now look at oh, it! Yeah. Wow, what an absolute yeah. disaster it's been. Now, I mean, yeah. Chaka for me, a lot of people like him. Think he's had a good season. He's not the future for me moving forward. And there's rumours that there's a two-year contract on the table, which he's not signing. So it looks like he could be going. El Nenny has always been a squad player. He's never going to set the world alight. Guendouzi I like to keep, but he's only got a year left if he does stay. He'll just walk on a free. So I think we're going to have to sell him. Torreira, likewise, needs to be uh, sold. Maitland-Niles and Willock, I think we could get some decent money for both of them, if I'm <coughs> honest with them. Um, 20 million is being rumoured for Newcastle. Um, likewise, a similar amount for Maitland Niles. I hear into Manchester United or Wolves, which will be interested to see what he does there. Um, so our midfield, we could end up losing quite a few with Sabios and Erdegaard, I'm sure, of their future as well, Russ. Like Bissouma, Sanderberg, Party, maybe promoting Aziz would sort out our centre midfield. But I feel still think we're short in that area, mate. Yes, yeah, worrying times, mate. I, if we're going to do this sort of business, we've got to do this really quick. We've got to do it really quick and get get a good pre season in us and 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 start hit the ground running. Uh, I'm really worried. I I just I'm st- I'm still really worried. I just see so many holes in the team and in the squad. What two one or two injuries here and there, and I just, I just feel I just feel we're we're going to be average again unless we make some really good signings and we get luck with injuries and suspensions. And VAR. <laughs> um, well, I think we are gonna we are gonna need a big chunk of luck to um yeah, to push you're on. Right. You're right, we're gonna need some luck. But the area that we're coming to last is an area that frustrates the hell out of me because we've spent a lot of money on it. We've got the most expensive front three in the Premier League. Bigger money spent on those three players than Man City, Liverpool and United have in their front three, likewise Chelsea and Tottenham. But they can't score at the moment. Pepe's had actually an OK season, in my opinion. A lot of people don't like the guy. I think he offers a lot. I think his ratio and uh, goals and numbers are the same as Robert Perez's first two seasons at Arsenal. So for me, that's not a terrible first two years. The £72 million mark is a heavyweight, and I think everybody's accepted he's not that. So that needs to just be forgotten about. For me, he's a £30 million player for me, and a good one at that. I think Aubameyang this season has let us down because he's had a bad season. Lacazette has been there or thereabouts, but for me is not the answer. Saka and Smith-Rowe and Martinelli are the three that we can be positive about, Russ. And I don't know what you think about these three kids, but I'd rather see those three next season from the start. Would you? Oh, yeah, they're, they're our best players without, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. They've proved that on the pitch. When, we, when you're watching them, they've all, got, they've all got speed and they've all got tenacity, which is what you want. Listen... You can have the best forwards in the world, right? You can have the best forwards in the world. And if you, and I liken it to a gun. If you've got a gun and you haven't got any ammunition, you can fucking fire, point it in the direction all the time and nothing's going <laughs> to fucking happen, is it? So if you don't give them fuckers ammunition, nothing, they're not going to fire a bullet. They're not going to shoot for the goal because the build-up is so painfully fucking slow. I mean, I'll be honest with you, after the West Bromwich game, I watched. I watched a bit of it, and I fucking fell asleep. I got. I was so bored. I was so bored. I also woke up two 0 It's been like that all season. And the Chelsea game. I got to sixty-five minutes. I walked out. I said, "This is good. Backs against the wall. I can't stand to watch this no more." Because I think we just rolled our luck. I don't think it was because we were particularly defensively brilliant. I just think we rolled our luck. Uh, put well, a lot of miles. Well. Put a lot of miles in, and it's just. Listen, even a blind squirrel will find a fucking acorn, won't it, every now and then. Um, and that's what yeah. I think the Chelsea, the couple of the Chelsea results have been. I think over the next few years, they're going to give us a couple of batterings, I think, because uh, they're going to spend another shit ton of money in this transfer window. And I don't think we're going to, because we're a self-sustaining model. We've got this bloke in charge. People, don't keep buying fucking shirts, please. When a nice shirt comes out, don't all go fucking mental. Oh, what a wonderful shirt. Fuck the shirts. Fuck the shirts. Fuck the merchandise. Fuck Cronky. Fuck him. Why Why give him money? He's not going to invest it in the team. He's not. I don't even know what's happened with that loan we got or whether we've paid it back or if it's been extended. I don't know. 
because you don't know anything because I won't say nothing because it's all secret swirl. Well, let's come on to the ownership because it leads us nicely into it. Let's talk about the fans, first of all, Russ, and then we'll go into what we think about Cronky because the fans have always been a mixed bag for me. I've always said they cannot unite. They've always been too busy slagging off each other or fighting with each other or telling everybody they're wrong for hating on AFTV or Granite Chaka or Mesut Ozil or Arsene Wenger. So we've never been able to have one voice. However, on Friday night at the Everton game, I did see what I did not expect, and that was Arsenal fans in their thousands protesting with a clear message of Stan Kroenke being removed. Now, me and you obviously have that opinion. We were both there at the protest. What did you make of the protests? What needs to happen now? And how and can we get these owners out? The protest was uh, an eye-opener for me because it was every age group from 70 pluses down to 14 year olds. It was every age group, every creed, colour, every denomination of Arsenal families there. And that was what I want to see. There were people from AFTV there, there was people, old school gooners like myself, all with the same thing in mind. Get these people out of our club. They've had their chance, they've had long enough. We want them gone. The European Super League, it wasn't just us, I know, but that was the final nail in the coffin, and that is it. No more excuses. You are not fit to run this football club. End of story. No more negotiation. No more transfer windows to dig yourself out of the shit. You've actually run this club into the ground in record time. You've turned us into the laughing stock of European football. God, if we qualify for that conference league, how embarrassing will that be? That will be just an embarrassment. No, I don't want nothing to do with European football while these cronkies are here because the money doesn't get invested. It's a pointless exercise because we're not going to ever win it. It's pointless. We have to get these people out and get people in. And how do we do that, Russ? How do we get them out? we, We just have to keep doing what we're doing, talking about it on things like this. Stop buying the merchandise. I'm not being funny. A blue furred strip I'm seeing today. Don't they don't listen to the fans? Most fans do not want blue strips. Get them the fuck out of our football club. They're nothing to do with Arsenal blue strips. Yellow and blue, shorts, yes. Red and white, yes. Everything else, no. Fuck the blue. We're not Chelsea fans. We don't want your blue strips. Fuck off with that shit. I love it. And it's so true, man. And listen, I want you to sum up for me why Stan Kroenke is bad for Arsenal, because there's some fan base out there, and you know I'm not one of them, that says it's not Kroenke who's the problem. Look at the money that he's invested. We've spent loads of money. Well, how do you answer that to these fans? It's a self-sustaining model. He's never spent a dime of his own money other than, please listen, he's only bought shares in the football club. The shares money does not go to Arsenal Football Club. It goes to the owners, the previous owners of the shares. The actual investment, you might put some time in like a dragon does on Dragon's Den and it milks the granny out of it, but he doesn't put any of his own money in. Not even a bridging loan will he put in. That will come from a bank or the government to see us over, to tide us over the, uh, the, the pandemic. So... Please get it out of your heads that this man is in any way, shape or form good for Arsenal Football Club. He is not. He has proved that over the last 13 years. And this skullduggery that they, they indulged in trying to get into a closed shop Super League was the final straw. And in actual fact, it's a blessing in disguise. It shows them what they truly are. They're scumbags. They're scumbags and they are not fit to be custodians of this great institution, which I've followed for 47 years. Don't get me wrong, our board's not been the best over a lot of time. It's been a bit uh, wishy-washy and a bit, you know, old school tie and, and all that sort of thing. But at least they had the good of the club at heart. David Dean and Fryer back in the day had the good of the club at heart and they wanted to see us winning things. These people have got no interest in competition, in winning things, in he said before, I didn't buy Arsenal to win trophies. I, I quote no him ambition. there. That's what he said. No ambition. There's no ambition to win. And we're up against clubs like Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, 
Manchester United that all want to win in their own ways. I know the Glazers do it a slightly different way, but they have put a lot of money in, maybe not their own, but definitely not their own, all from the, the turnover of the club. But they've spent a lot of money. And that's the thing I hear about Cronky, he spent a lot of money. But he hasn't. And what money has been spent has been wasted on absolute trash because our mechanism for doing transfers is so outdated and so poor and badly staffed that we can't get deals over the line done quick enough. Stat and, DNA, mate. Stat DNA. And that's the other thing. People don't even understand that. Even professional footballers are to do with the club sometimes don't get it, don't understand what we're talking about. We talk about stat DNA. Our scouting network was basically dismantled in favour of stat DNA. Now I'm hearing that we're, we're employing some uh, recruitment agency to recruit scouts. Well, don't they understand that we've got rid of them all and they're all working for other people now? Top to bottom, mate. The idiocy, listen, football, especially European football, is a very strange creature. And you need specialist people that understand the workings, the cogs and the wheels of the transfer business. It's very specialised. Chelsea have got a brilliant woman that does theirs. God, she's got fantastic deals done. Not always for lots of money, however. And she gets them done without fuss and quickly. Well, that is what we need to be doing. We need to be employing people that can get the jobs done done quickly. And if and that I, is down I, to Cronky as well, because Cronky oversees all these muppets, V9 and he's Ezu been letting people out. get away. He's been letting people get away with it because he's at arm's length over in the states. He's been letting people get away with it. If that's my investment, and I see. Oh, we've come eighth this year. Oh, we've come tenth this year. Oh, oh, we've not qualified again. And I'll be thinking, let's get on the plane and go over and sort this lot of shit out. What's going on over there? This is supposed to be the jewel in our crown. Well, fuck knows what the rest of it's like. If this is the jewel in the crown, it's 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 awful the way it's been run. It, it, we are a laughing stock. We're a laughing stock as fans for putting up with it. How can a club like Bayern Munich, right? Charge two hundred and seventy to three hundred pounds for a season ticket, and we're charging seven hundred pounds this year apparently for our cheapest ones. How can that, how does that add up? How does that add up to any value for money when your football ownership does not have any ambition? How can he warrant asking people those prices for what he's dishing up? They don't listen to their customers. They call us customers, but they don't listen to us. They don't listen to us about a stupid thing like a blue strip. And I'll get that, Robert. That's absolutely spot on. And I'm going to come to that because I I was very, very seriously thinking uh, about jacking it all in, about jacking my season ticket, jacking, jacking in, and I'm not going anymore. I was that – after that European Super League, I just thought – no, I can't. I'm not. I'm not putting another penny into that man's pocket. But then I think to myself, why should I let that man stop me from doing what I love? Why should I stop? Why should he stop me? I've got to get him out of the club, not me walk away and give up. I owe it to every every other fan uh, to to try to get rid of them, not to just oh well, we'll never get rid of them. Liverpool never had that attitude with uh, Gillette and Hicks, did they? They handed them out of the club. And that's what we've got to do. Any negative talk about, oh, you'll never get rid of them, I don't want to hear. I will just turn around and walk away. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear passion. And I want to see a lot of people at that next demo, although I can't be there myself for personal reasons. I can't go to that one. But I did my bit on the first one. So please, lads, lasses, no excuses. Go down to that ground and call for him to be outed and the people going into the game walk out at a specified time and walk out in front of a TV audience and, and then demonstrate outside with the other people. That is the way we start to get the message across. Russ, well said. And Robert uh, Segawa said, Gooners, don't forget the demo on the 23rd from one o'clock-ish onwards. Uh, yeah. Please go down there. Myself and Russ were there at the Everton game. I wasn't able to go for the other game. I will be there for this one as well. 
um, so long as my circumstances do it not It was change. always going to be difficult, Dan, with the way things are with, with uh, lockdown COVID, measures yeah. and COVID and stuff. I mean, we, we, we've sort of <laughs> took a chance on, you know, going out uh, health-wise and legally-wise because you shouldn't really be doing it, having mass meetings. But we did it because we feel passionately about our football club and we've all had enough. We've all yeah. had enough of this. No more excuses, Cronky. You've had excuse after excuse after excuse. You've put the wrong people in the job. You've recruited badly. You've left them in the job too long. This has been going on now for 13 years with you as a majority shareholder or as a large shareholder. You've had your time. It's time to go. It's time. It's, the whole fair base now has got to say it's time to go. And I don't hear any other nonsense about we've spent money. We haven't. And when we have spent some money, it's been so poorly, it's a joke. Thirty-five million pounds for for Mustafi. He's a conference player, Dan. How did he get in the German team? He must have had nudes of the German selection committee because yeah. how he got it, how did he get in there? I don't understand. And he won a World Cup. How? I don't Great understand. Exactly the same. We could have had Kansi. Can't I? And For Van Dyke. Van Dyke yeah. instead of Mustafi. It's just crazy. And listen, there's always going to be we could have signed him, we could have signed him. I get that. And I understand there's a risk at any player that you sign in. But the recruitment and scouting, Russ, has been so poor for many years now. If you compare us to Ajax, Leicester, Bayern Munich, even some of the lower division clubs, we are terrible at recruitment. And that's had to change now. And I'm praying that Edu and Arteta can be better with this because it looks like they're staying, doesn't it? Well, Edu's sort of director of football, isn't he? And... And Arteta's a manager there, so he has some say in the in the who who comes and who goes. So, um, but is Edu an expert in negotiating transfer deals? I don't believe he is. What experience has he got in negotiating transfer deals? He might have a few tie-ups with Jarabchian and and the other um, agents. Uh, he might have some tie-ups there. But when it comes to the actual mechanics of getting these deals done, I don't believe he's got the experience. And the other one, Fen Cartersham, the one we all said, what does he do? Well, we all know what he does now, don't we? He's yeah. negotiating us into a European Super League. That's what he was up to, the little slime ball, for three years. No wonder he was so quiet and there wasn't much going on and he wouldn't answer any questions at fans' forums. And said the rake of the stadium was too too uh, steep for safe standing or whatever it was he said at that fans meeting. <laughs> clueless, absolutely clueless. That's a, probably has never been down on the lower tier of the stadium and had a look to see what goes on with all the people standing because you know we want stand, safe standing in the stadium. Oh, I tell you, they're, they're clueless. Russ, it is a mess, mate. We are in a mess. But my question to you is this: rumours of Daniel Eck. Not had a beard. It's all gone quiet. Henri Vieira and Burkamp are apparently involved. If the fans can't get rid of Kroenke, which I believe that we can if we all unite and have a voice, but if we can't, there is a chance that he would sell. Would he sell is my first question. And my second question is, is there a risk that Daniel Eck is another Stan Kroenke? Can I just answer a question in the chat? This for yeah, the sure. Southport. Southport 74, he said, I read we were getting rid of scouts and getting players based on stats. No, stats, stat DNA has been used probably for about seven years. Cronky sold it to the football club for about three million quid, I think. So we've got unlimited use of it. So, But that has produced Shaka, Mustafi, kept players at the club like Bellerin. That's, that is, it's used to read your own players' performances as well as incoming transfers. So... It's failed because it hasn't produced a world-class team. It hasn't produced value for money. It's everything about it. It's just been wrong, wrong, wrong. So we're actually going back, Mr. Southpaw, to scouts from what I was reading the other day. The agency was called Cowans or something. Was it Cowans or Cousins Agency? I read that we were we were engaging to recruit scouts. I mean, hallelujah, really, really. <laughs> I mean, you might as well get FIFA, might you, and recruit off of that if you're going to use something yeah, or like football that. Man- football manager or something. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, it is, 
Unbelievable, isn't it? But any um, any any coach will tell you. Any coach, I, I talk to um, John Sitton sometimes on on yeah. Twitter, and any coach will tell you you have got to be there and smell the blood, sweat, and tears on a player. You've got to be close to them to see their body language, how they react under pressure. It's not all about running and passing and jumping. It's it's about having some balls and having some heart. And you can't tell that from stats. You've got to be there and watch. And you've got to watch over several several months, even years, to see someone develop and report back to the club. Yes, this bloke's worth a punt because he's this, this and this. Not because he's got 76. It's no surprise. It's no surprise, Russ, that with this stat DNA and since it's coming, we've had a lack of leaders because it does not show you the mentality and the leadership qualities of Exactly. Exactly. And that's why we don't have captains because we didn't recruit captains. We didn't recruit a captain. We haven't. Yeah, so true. So true. We, we, I mean, look at the lead, lack of leaders out there. I like Kieran Tierney a lot. He's the only one I can see out there that's got the potential to wear the armband, isn't he? But yeah, but what will happen is the, the, oh, rest of the, the rest of the the rest of the soft ones will, will will fall out with him and gang up on him because they don't like the way he he, he wants to win too much. That famous saying, wasn't it? Oh, oh we don't. I, oh yeah, Sanchez is all right, but he likes to win a bit too much. Fuck me, Jesus Christ, really? That's what we all want, don't we? We want to win so much. That's why it fucking hurts so much. Honestly, <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever heard from a footballer. And listen, I like Bellerin as a guy. Apparently, he's a top bloke around the ground and stuff like that. The guy's not good enough. And the mentality or lack of it there just shows for me that he is not what we want at the club moving forward. But I go back to my question, Russ. Can we get Stan Kroenke out by a way of a bid? Would he sell up? And is Daniel Weck potentially another Stan Kroenke? Well, you would you you would hope that he's not another Stan Kroenke. Will he sell he's up? He's an Arsenal fan. That that man, that's that's a start. Well, he'll be at the games. That's one thing, isn't it? So he'll he'll be able to see what's going on, not like being reported. So yeah, everything's good, Stan. No, yeah, <laughs> everything's good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all gravy over here. We're doing well. We're fifth, and we're we're probably going to get eighth. But yeah, but. I'm praying that he's going to be the answer. I'm praying he's going to get a bit accepted. I'm praying, but this this isn't. Would a they sell? Would, would they sell Stan Kroenke? Would he sell? If the price is right, now the price. What price is right? It depends what you you what you hear, doesn't it? It depends what the club's worth. Well, no football club is worth what it was 15 months ago. <laughs> that is fucking obvious. No football club is worth. If we were worth 1.8 billion 15 months ago, we're worth at least 10% less now because our turnover's gone down and we're not such a, a draw because we're not in Europe anymore. So and the, the investment that a new owner would need to do to get us back into that position would be considerable. I liken it to buying a house. If a house is worth 500 grand, but it hasn't got a roof on it, you're going to have to spend 50, 60 grand on the roof. So, therefore, your house is now worth 440 grand. Well, that's what it's like with Arsenal. Arsenal hasn't got a fucking roof on it, has it? The midfield's shocking. The, the, the attack is getting older. And we've got the midfield players we have got are too slow. So, that all needs reinvesting in. So, if you've got to take that off the price of the football club because it's a football club. We play football. That's what we do. We're not a shirt-selling fucking boutique. We are a football club. And this is one thing they've lost sight of, I'm afraid. Do I think he will sell it? If he was a good businessman, he would sell it because it's going one way. But he ain't a good businessman, as Vince McMahon said. He's a fucking terrible businessman. And if this is the jewel in his crown, losing 50, 60 million pounds every year, what are the others like, as I said before? What are the rapids like? What are the nuggets like? What are they all like? What was, what was it Vince, Vince McMahon said he should be arrested for impersonating a good businessman, didn't he? Because he's nothing like a good businessman, is what he said, yeah. yeah. Because he double-booked his arena, didn't he, for um, That's right. WWE Raw. And his own team, which was, I think it was the... Um, the Nuggets. The Nuggets, qualified for the uh, playoffs, which he wasn't expecting them to do, which is why he double-booked it. So he said... I'm sure that the Nuggets fans will be very pleased that you had so much confidence in the team that you that you double booked the venue. I'm sure they'll be very happy. There's not one. I don't think there's one fan of any franchise, and we are a franchise. Let's be honest. There's not one 
uh, fan of any of these franchises that is happy with the ownership staying Cronky. It's just no one can be happy because he, he, he thrives on mediocrity. That's what he does. He's a locust. He just eats all the crops and fucks off. That's what he does. Yeah, you're right, mate. 100% right. What What's the future like with Stan Kroenke, Russ? Serious question. Um, because I think he's very, very, uh, very bleak, mate. Say that one again, mate. What's the future like if Stan Kroenke stays? Because I think it's pretty worrying. Oh, it's more the same. It's more the same. People have just got... It's not going to get better with him in charge. It's just not. They've had 13 years. It's got worse and worse and worse. Uh, Those young players came in and got us out of the shit. But that little bounce back, have we got another five of those in the reserves to come through? I don't think so. We might get Basuma. We might get him. That'll be a big improvement on their midfield. But will it be enough to get us in the top four? No. Because we we're missing about thirty goals in our team, mm. aren't we? We're missing about thirty. I don't know how many we scored this year. I don't know, but not many. I mean, Christ, at home, I think we've scored nineteen goals in seventeen home well, games. I bet have we scored fifty? Probably not even that. Uh, so if we've scored fifty, to be up there with the Manchester City's, Liverpool's, you've got to be scoring between seventy-five and eighty-five goals. So uh, yeah. it's. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, young man. I don't know what your name is, Southpaw, but Southpaw, uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, if you're an Arsenal fan and and you and you've had your eyes shut for the last few years, you you can't help agree with me, can you? Because you must have your eyes shut if you don't think it's bad at the moment. And I've watched a lot of football over the years. I've watched a lot. I don't just watch Arsenal. I watch a lot of football as well. Other teams and some of these players we've got are fucking rubbish. I'll tell you that now. They are rubbish. They are, they are crap. That's the reason why we are where we are. Some of the blame, some of the blame goes with the manager um, because, you know, some of the things are a bit loony, but the playing squad's one of the worst I've seen here in donkey's years. And, and, and I'm seeing the same thing we did with the 76 team when we got rid of Radford, we got rid of Story, we got rid of um, Brian Kidd, and we brought in McDonald, Stapleton, Brady... And it turned around because they were that good. And I'm just praying that the young ones we've got stay fit and they can take us up a little notch. But we need more. We need more than that because the premiership is is brutal, as we've seen. It's fucking brutal. Look at Liverpool without Van Dyke. They'd be fucked without Van Dyke. Yeah. It's completely fucked them. Well, I will say this, Russ. Next season, top four is ridiculously hard, near on impossible, in fact. And the reason I say that is because Manchester City are flying high. Manchester United are going to spend with either a Jaden Sancho or, I don't know, a, a, a Haaland or Harry Kane, potentially. Chelsea are going to spend, and they've got a manager now who knows how to play football. Uh, obviously, you've got Liverpool with Van Dijk and Henderson back, who are going to be a force again next season. There's your top four right there. Both Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Liverpool. That leaves us with Leicester and Spurs, who, by the way, are miles ahead of us at the moment. I know that Spurs are only a few points, but it seems that they've got players who know how to score goals, and they're going to get a manager in, so they're going to spend. If so they keep they'll be left then, behind. If well, they if they keep, keep Harry Kane, hopefully he'll bugger off and we can get above them. But what I'm saying is we are so far behind our only those four Maybe we're closer to Leicester and West Ham and Spurs, of course, but we're not, I don't think, anywhere near them top four next season, Russ, whoever we buy. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a big... Because they're all going to improve as well. As, as I said before, it's a brutal league, this. And uh, with... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've, with other clubs are ruthless. They're ruthless. Le- Leicester are ruthless in their transfer market. I would kill for their midfield. Yeah. I would, if you yeah. put our midfield at our club, you wouldn't look out of place, would it? It would. It just no, wouldn't. It, no. Well, it, <laughs> Everton, Villa, Wolves—they've all got better midfielders than Arsenal, haven't they? I mean, it's yeah. Wolves, Wolves is a, a bit of a funny one because they lost. Um, yeah, they lost uh, Jota. And, I like I like him and Ezen Yeah, yeah. And, they, uh, and they they made a, they scored all their goals and a, a lot of assists and it, it fucked them really. But and their midfield's getting a bit older. I think Moutinho is it's getting on a bit. But mate, you just said there, and I've just got to say hi, Ben. 
some feather that sits behind me at the, the ground. Um, it's it, without we need major investment. It, it, there's no shortcuts. We might get lucky with a few younger ones. We might. We might do, but... So, Russ, sorry, when you say major investment, are you talking about a lot of money spent per player or just a lot of money spent across five or six A lot of players. I think a lot of players. I don't think we're in in the market... Because one, a Pepe signing just papers over the cracks, don't it? It don't actually address the issues that we all know the spine of the team. The spine of the team has never been right for donkey's years. And when we got party, I thought, right... If Lilo performs, we've got two parts of it right. Now we've got to go and get an attacking uh, central player to get that bit right. And then we'll need that big old up player I keep banging on about to get that spine of that team right. All the frilly bits around the edge you can add as you go along. That's what George Graham did. That's what all good managers do. You've got to get that spine right. Will we do that? I think it'll cost a lot of money to do it, but I'm not talking about big marquee signings. I'm talking about spreading, spreading it. I'm spreading it over, I think, seven or eight players we need to improve our league position. I think seven or eight players we need to even think about top four. But I think what I'm getting at here, and, and I kind of agree, I'd love Jack Grealish, don't get me wrong, absolutely everyone would, I think, love Jack Grealish. He's going to cost £100 million plus, it seems, because Villa do not want to let him go. And he might not even want to let him go. So let's just say he wants to come to Arsenal and we've got £100 million. Do we spend that £100 million on a Jack Grealish? Do we spend that £100 million on a Husumawa, uh Bissouma and a Buendea? That was my kind of question. Do we feel yeah, no, it's no, it's no, It's a no-brainer. I, I would love Jack Grealish at his club. But if we could get three players for £100 million of, that, of that quality, that would improve us overnight. Yeah. That would improve yeah. us overnight. Um, I don't think... Greenish, Greenish did make some noises, didn't he, about liking Arsenal and, and yeah, liking. Yeah, I'd the... love him. <laughs> I'd love him. Yeah. Um, I mean, let this. You know, am I Arteta in or out? Right. This is where I stand on it. I never wanted him here in the first place. He, could, he had money in the bank because um, the cup win. Uh, I always thought it was going to be hard for him because I knew the squad wasn't good enough, as we discussed last summer, didn't we, Dan? Yeah. Uh, I always, always thought it was it was way, way short, especially with uh, Europa League as well. So I always thought that was the case. Has he made a lot of mistakes? Yes. Do I blame him for him? No, because he shouldn't have been given the fucking job in the first place. Agreed. We should have gone Agreed. for gold. We, instead of listening to sound bites like we did with Emery and with him, right, we listened to sound bites. Yes, I can improve. It's like music to Cronky's ears. Yeah, I can improve what you've got. Ten percent, ten percent in football is massive, by the way. If you can improve a, a team's playing effort and style, ten percent is huge. When you think games are one on one and two percent margins, so when you hear that coming from uh, a manager, a potential manager, then you get another candidate like a lady saying, "Well, I'm going to need two hundred billion pound to put this fucking mess right." And I'm going to need a wage bill of this, and, I'm going to, and it's a four-year plan to get you in the Champions League, and you're going to have to spend that sort of money every other year to get there. They don't want to listen to that because they're not interested in that. They're not interested in football. They're not interested in spending any of their own capital. I don't think they've got a lot of their own capital. I think it's all tied up anyway, so they can't. So that's another issue. But um, So... Am I Arteta in or out? Well, if, if we got a new ownership and a new ownership said I'm gonna I'm gonna bung money in, then I want him out because I don't trust him. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Because I never wanted him in the first place. But as long as Cronky's here, there's no care. point. I don't care. There's no point. There's no point in changing him. You're gut you're all barking down the wrong tree. You're all barking up the wrong tree, rather. You 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 <laughs> You're pissing in the wind because the main cause of our problems is what's above, not what's below. That is, that is the be all and end all. And until we, it doesn't matter. Get rid of our setup. Right, who's the next one in? Who's the next probably, one going to be in? Probably Mertesacker. <laughs> Brendan Rogers. I don't want him. But <laughs> we didn't want our setup. Did we have any choice? No. 
Because no. they'll go. Oh, for listen, some Brendan Rodgers is better than Arteta, one hundred percent. But I'm still not sure he's. Well, the we don't with his these players. With is, these players, yeah. we don't know. He's got a fantastic midfield out Leicester, which he's helped build. Um, but he's been given a budget, and he's been he's got a transfer team that knows what they're doing. He comes to Arsenal. Is he exactly the same boat as Arteta is? I'm going he's, to agree with Brad Richardson. I think this guy would be a great shout because he's give, he's done well wherever he's gone. I love Rafa. Give us some balance. I love, I love Rafa I love, Benitez I, for me. I, I, I really like it. Rafa Benitez and I think he'd do a great job because he's good in transition. He's great defensively. He's organised, but also he's attacking. And, you've and, got he's, to won get that, Euro- that and he's won the European Cup. He's won the Champions League, the Europe, Europa League. He's got he done an unbelievable job at Newcastle. That was a shocking team he took over and he managed to yeah. keep them up. <laughs> Okay, couldn't quite save him in the first season. Bounced straight back up, which is hard to do in the championship with the players yeah. he had in, in place. I think he'd be a great shout for now. I really do. I wanted a Cantonio Conti or Simeone. People are saying that's unrealistic. I like Allegri, who's free and available. I personally would like Rafa Benitez. If you want to go for a younger coach, I'd rather go for a kind of Ten Hag, um, someone who's done it done it quite well and built a team at, at Ajax and used some of the youth system, play as somebody like that. But I would like an experienced head, Russ, personally. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to add another point in as well because it's just gone for a minute. Oh yeah, and and, and another thing is, if you're um, a young, uh, exciting new coach and you've done well at RB Leipzig or you've done well at uh, Feyenoord or whatever, and you look at Arsenal and you think, do I really want to destroy my reputation by going there? And having the fans handing me out after eight months because the results are shit, because the players are awful. Uh, that's that's why I'm 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 just saying, old fire boys, just old fire. We might not like the manager, we might not like his demeanour, we might not like the way he does sets a team out, his nutty substitutions, which I think he must have got from Wenger. Um, some of his substitutions have me fucking scratching my head sometimes. Well, the one the other day where he took Willian um, on for Aubameyang was the one I couldn't understand. Then he brought Eddie on with about 30 seconds to go. I just thought, what I mean, is it's, it's, not only is it Not only is that lunatic, but it's also damaging the players because he's not, he's not giving them a chance to show what they can do. Whether that's a yeah. financial constraint on him again, because a lot of these players have things written into their contracts about when you play over 70 minutes that's you're right. entitled to, to full match fees which people probably might know or might not know and that was one of the reasons why Wenger was always always bang, bang, 70 minutes bang it was like a metronome wasn't it boom 70 minutes subs on you're off it was like it, it was never 55 minutes when we sometimes we were screaming mate the sub it's going tits up here we He's fucked down that side. Wouldn't bring him on until he really, really had to. And uh, I think there's a lot to do with financial constraints as well, which if there is, it's fucking wrong because you try to win football matches and you shouldn't be worrying about financial penalties for putting a player on a bit earlier than than not. If that is the case, that's fucking outrageous as well. I hope there's no children. I hope there's no children listening because I do well, swear. I think we're too late. I think we're too late for that, Russ. <laughs> but listen, Russ, we're going to stop it there. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. It's been a great hour. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know everybody in the chat has absolutely loved having you on with us. It's been a great night and a great episode. Um, Russ, how can people follow you, mate, on social media? Yeah, as it says on my screen there, at going Russ11 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I also do a little bit of uh, art as well, so uh, photographic art, so you can see that on Instagram. Some Arsenal stuff, some birding stuff, birds of the feathered kind, not the female kind. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's on a that's on Guna Russ sixty nine, not Naguna Russ eleven. <laughs> <that one. laughs> no, it's not. It's on <laughs> Uh, guys please in the chat thank you so much for joining us please make sure you go and follow um russ if you haven't done so already russ is a great a great friend just just uh, replying to this fella southpaw i wish i knew his first name but um listen we're all in this together we're all arsenal fans we want to when the ball hits the back of the net we all jump and hit the sky and and fucking sing our asses out for the for the ninety minutes. Well, I do, and uh, some some don't, but I do. And uh, 
I just want what's best for the club. I want to come out of that ground feeling that we've achieved something, not that we're just there for the just for Shane the ride. Is his name. Shane. Shane. Hello, uh, Shane. Yeah, nice talking to you, Shane. You'll have to meet us up the 12 pins where we get eventually start going again and have a beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Russ, thank you for coming on, mate. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Uh, please come and follow us if you haven't. If you want to follow myself on Twitter, it's at DanArsenal87. If you want to follow the same old Arsenal, it is same old AFC in capitals on Twitter. Come and follow us. Give us a like on this video and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Until next time, up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.